Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for checking into today's show. This is the Nun Report. I'm Dan Nunn, and we're going to go over quite a few things today, including some things that I was actually going to lead off with, but I decided not to. A little quick look at the economy, the kind of money they're spending, the kind of accountability that the new House Speaker is trying to bring to that spending, and the Democrats just hate it. They can't stand it. We have some testimony up on the Hill today with uh, with Christopher Ray and also my Orcus, our friend that takes care of the border. We're going to cover all that. Please stick around. Lots of cool information. But I wanted to start off with something that I didn't have time to get to yesterday. I kind of Yesterday's show kind of drug on. It, it, it went, uh, it wasn't the fastest moving show. Honestly, I wasn't really happy with it, but uh, I didn't get to a, a topic that I wanted to get to. And that is, that is this, we're just going to dive right in today. So hang on, get ready. Uh, we're going to try to move a little bit faster today. We're going to cover a lot of ground real quick because I have a lot of information to get out. I have a lot of video clips that I want to get to, and I don't want to get to the end of the show and have to cut it off like I did yesterday. So short monologue. We're going to dive right in. I hope you're having a great day. I know that I am. Anyway, hey, the COVID thing, you know, now they're asking about, you know, Scott, Scott Galloway from Galloway Golf, by the way, if, if you want to know where not to buy your golf supplies after this segment, that would be Galloway Golf. Scott Galloway was on with Bill Mayer, and he basically sounded like a whiny little wimp, and he tried to sound like he was, you know, sorry, and he tried to admit we were wrong and, and all this about covid and about the lockdowns, and about the restrictions, and about the vaccinations, and about putting people out of work, and about the masks. We were wrong about all of it, he says. But I hope that, you know, everybody realizes we were just doing the best we could on the information we had. Bullshit. Bullshit. There was all kinds of information out there. We weren't allowed to talk about it. We weren't allowed to put it on YouTube. We weren't allowed to put it on Facebook. We weren't allowed to put it on Twitter. Oh, there was information, but the kind of information that they didn't want you to hear and they didn't want the mass populace to hear was censored and scrubbed every single chance they got. People's names were drugged through the mud. People were deplatformed. People lost their monetization. They lost their jobs. They lost their ability to earn an income simply because there was a segment, a powerful segment of society that didn't like what they were saying. You couldn't even say it came from a Wuhan lab. You couldn't even say that, you know, hey, this came from a Wuhan lab. Obviously, masks don't work, and I'm not putting an experimental injection into my body. If you said any of those things, you were immediately censored. You lost your platform. You were put in Facebook jail. Many people lost their Twitter accounts. So, no. No, you were not operating from a base of knowledge, not a full base of knowledge. You were operating from what you heard from Fauci, little elf Fauci. You were operating from what you heard from the CDC and the World Health Organization. You bought into the hysteria that they generated in order to transfer a massive amount of wealth from the taxpayer to the big pharmaceuticals. So no. 
No, you were not operating on good information at the time. You were operating on shit information. You were being a blind, useful idiot. So excuse me if when you go on Bill Mayer and apologize and then request forgiveness and grace, excuse me if I tell you to fuck right off. If you haven't seen the segment yet, this was it. Check it out. Well, I was on the board of my kid's school during COVID. I wanted a harsher lockdown policy, and in retrospect, I was wrong. The, the, the damage to kids of keeping them out of school longer was greater than the risks. But here's the bottom line. Myself, our, our great people the CDC, I'd like to thank the governor, we were all operating with imperfect information, and we were doing our best. So it's, 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 well, oh, yay. Seal claps. So let's, but let's learn from it. Let's learn from it. Let's learn from it. Let's hold each other accountable. But let's bring a little bit of grace and forgiveness in the, yeah. the shit show that West Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, now that I've been proven wrong, not, not, he didn't say everyone else was right. He said, we were wrong. You know what that means? That also means that people like me and many, many others were right. We were right the whole fucking time. You wouldn't listen. We weren't allowed to have it on social media. People lost their jobs. You wanted us to go into jail. There were people who wanted the unvaccinated rounded up and put into camps. There were people who wanted them to be locked in their houses. And in China, they did. People lost their jobs because they wouldn't get vaccinated. People lost businesses. Family businesses went out of business because of lockdowns. People lost their freedoms, their, their freedom of speech, their freedom to walk around openly in society, their freedom to participate in activities and events, their freedom to go into restaurants. You had us eating out fucking side. You had children, toddlers forced to wear a mask. You fed a line of bullshit to the American people. You destroyed the strongest economy in the world. You made people wear masks to go outside. You shut down parks. You wouldn't let people go surfing. You had to have a vax card. You couldn't fly. If you didn't wear a mask, you, you stop people from coming into the country. We were the last one to reopen and let people, unvaccinated people, come into the United States of America. You made people die alone in the hospital and not necessarily from COVID. You stuck intubators into them and killed them. You put old people together in care facilities where they all caught a, a lung disease from each other and died. And then when they're in the hospital, they couldn't see their family. And they died alone without their loved ones by their side. And not all of them were in the hospital because of COVID. People were in there for all kinds of reasons. Someone could have a broken hip or be in there for back surgery. I was in the hospital for back surgery. My wife could not 
She, she couldn't go in. Major back surgery, I might add. Like on a scale of 10, it was a 10. I had to go to one of the best surgeons in the United States to get it. And he's the reason I was even able to get in for surgery. My wife had to drop me off at the curb. And I didn't see her again until a week later when I came out and she picked me up at that same fucking curb. But at least I wasn't dying. I could have died. It was a life-threatening surgery. I was under the knife for over seven hours. But I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones, you see. Because people did die. And they died without being able to touch or hold or feel or be with the ones they'd loved. Imagine going that way. So no, no, I'm sorry, Scott Galloway. You can take your forgiveness, you can take your grace, you can shove it right up your ass. And anybody else who participated in that charade, anybody else who participated in restricting our freedoms and looked down upon us as secondhand citizens because it withdraws a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You take your apologies, you take your grace, you take your forgiveness and you shove it right where the sun don't shine. No, there is no forgiveness. There is no grace for this. It is unforgivable what you did. And so I'm going to remind you what you did as I've been doing for the last nine or 10 minutes. This is one of the things that you did watching don't forget they did this shit this is one example this is child abuse good for that kid man he said fuck you and your mask I don't need this they made toddlers that was in a daycare. That video went kind of viral. A child abuse. Plain and simple. They ruined a generation of children. They lost two years of education, basically. They're, they're not performing anywhere near the same level as they were pre-COVID because guess what? Remote learning didn't fucking work. Of course it didn't work. We told you it wouldn't work. We told you that masks were bad. We told you that the vaccine wasn't going to stop the spread and that people were still getting it. And you mocked us. You made fun of us. You said we should be in jail. You said we were irresponsible citizens. You said it was our fault that COVID was continuing as long as it was. You said that we were like outcasts. We were unclean. We could not be part of society. There's still people who haven't gotten their jobs back. In Washington State, they'll hire people now without being vaccinated 
No vaccination at all required to get hired as a new hire now, but those people who they fired because they wouldn't get vaccinated, they can't come back. And because of that, we have a shortage in the healthcare industry. We have a shortage of state workers, including the Washington State Ferry System. A lot of people took early retirement instead of putting an experimental substance into their bodies. These are the types of things that went on around the world. The community that faced the most restrictions on their freedoms in the last year were those who made a choice not to be vaccinated. Premier of Quebec, François Legault, announcing a Canadian first that the province is looking to implement a special tax on the unvaccinated unless they have a medical exemption. Nation by nation, Europe is turning into a two-tiered society in which those who refuse to be vaccinated will live under lockdown without full access to society or jobs, facing fines and even jail. Tonight, millions of unvaccinated Austrians on lockdown for at least the next 10 days, an order from the government as the country tries to slow the spread of the coronavirus. The unvaccinated have already been in lockdown for almost a month. And next year, we'll have to pay $4,000 in fines every three months unless they not only get vaccinated, but get booster shots. Germany's COVID restrictions have been so draconian, this German mother says her 10-year-old daughter wants to die. The Philippine Commission on Human Rights warning government about implications of President Duterte's order to bar unvaccinated people from going outdoors. The CHR says the order may result in undue discrimination. Probably don't seem like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated... That is what it is. So, yep. Yep. The vaccine mandate has kicked in for more than a million authorised workers no longer allowed on site if they haven't had a jab. If an employer allows an unvaccinated staff member on site, they can be fined more than $21,000. Yeah, the Prime Minister of Australia. Yeah, that is what it is. We are separating citizens out. We're, we are separating them. That's exactly what we're doing. What a bitch. What a draconian, totalitarian bitch. These people got power hungry across the world. Leaders ate up that power. Governors in the United States of America ate it up. The Democrat governors went fucking crazy with it, making all kinds of mandates. I lived in Washington State, one of the first to shut down and one of the last to open back up. <sighs> Wouldn't let people go outside. It's the best place to be. You know, I went down to the beach by myself with my dogs. I broke in. I, I, was, a, I was a lawbreaker, man. <sighs> Just keep me from the beach. Piss off. Me and my dogs went down to the beach. We were the only ones there. It was amazing. It was like being on a deserted island. I guess that was the only, the only one of the only good things that came out of it, at least from my end. But that's not the worst that came out of it. That's not the worst that they did. Those are all bad things. No doubt about it. This guy had died alone. This was the story. I took a few screenshots. I, I, clip, I, I cropped the, the poster's name out of these. This is my dad. We were locked out of the care home and worried that he'd think we'd abandon him. He had a fall and got COVID, probably in the home. We weren't allowed to visit him in the hospital. He died alone. There were three of us at his funeral. 
because that was all that was allowed. Teddy Nelson, 25, of Logan, West Virginia, died of COVID, April 11, 2020. To lose a kid that's 25 years old, laying in a hospital bed, alone, quarantined to where no family, no friends could come visit him in his last hours. I would like to add to your post, this is my aunt who I was full-time uh, caregiver for for five years. She had a fall and because no beds were available in the hospital was placed temporarily in a care home where she got COVID and died alone. I loathe the Tories with envy every fiber of my being. My mom died March 2021, 20, age 71, not of COVID, but in a hospital after an emergency hip op alone and frightened. After waiting in the hospital for two days, I wasn't able to visit, and I hadn't seen her in the flesh in the previous three weeks. Due to care home visiting restrictions, only uh, 15 allowed at her wake. She died alone, not of COVID. Guy lost his mom. It's the first Father's Day for me without my dad alive. He died alone in hospital from COVID in Jamaica. I didn't get the chance to say goodbye. If he had access to the antivirals I had in the UK, he would probably be alive today. See, because the only answer was the vaccine. They didn't look at antivirals. They didn't look at, you know, other medicines. Like hydroxychloroquine. And others. My dad died of COVID April 19th, or uh, 19 April 4th, of COVID-19 April 4th, 2020. He died in a hospital alone without myself and my mom by his side. We repatriated him from back home, Greece, nor could we go to his funeral. We struggled alone without our love by our side for support. We made sacrifices like so many others. Had enough yet? Mom married 50 years. Seven kids, untold number of grandkids, died in hospital alone. While dad also had COVID positive at the time, was forced to leave. I don't want justice. I want a reckoning. Me too, brother. Me too. This will be the last one because I don't, I don't think I can take much more of this. They're endless. Hundreds, thousands, thousands, tens of thousands of stories. Exactly like this. This is my dad. He died alone in hospital from COVID exactly a week before that garden party, alone because we were in lockdown. My last conversation with him was on FaceTime. He couldn't understand He couldn't understand why I wasn't with him. So I'm sorry, Scott Galloway of Galloway Golf, if you want to know who to boycott. There will be no forgiveness. There 
will be no grace. You crossed a line that should have never been crossed. You took away our freedoms, our freedom to even speak, our freedom to express opinions. You blindly followed those who did not have your best interest at heart. pretty heavy 20 minutes caught me by surprise sorry about that um but we're moving on now we're going to move on on to uh you know the covid lockdowns if they taught us one thing it was that the government could force a population of people not just in the united states but worldwide to follow their directions and the vast majority of people did without question or because they didn't want to rock the boat. They didn't want to have a conflict. And in a way, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, I saw it as a test run on how, how can we really control society? How can we take it to that next level where the people will just do whatever we want? Well, in, in today's country, in the United States of America, we have a woke leftist uh, cultural revolution that they're attempting. It's, it's not unlike the Maoist revolution. I'm going to plug a book here. The, I, the, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm not getting paid for this, okay? But uh, uh, Z. Van Fleet has written a book called Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Uh, so support, get yourself a copy. Uh, she warns of American Maoist cultural revolution through woke leftist ideology, she knows because she lived it. She lived it. She was in China, okay, when it happened. And what she sees in America are similarities of how they took over society and how they instituted the great cultural reset there. And she wrote a book about it. So go get it. Uh, It's also available digitally if you want it. So you can get a hardcover or you can get it on Amazon uh, in your Kindle or whatever. It's, uh, it's one. I got it. Just started it. Let's talk about the economy a little bit. We're going to shift gears here. Uh, Janet Yellen, you know, man, I, I don't even know. I don't, I don't understand what is. Uh, excuse me here for a minute. There we go. <laughs> she is horrible. She thinks our economy is great. She tells us every chance she gets that she thinks it's great, right? So check this. The Treasury is going to borrow $776 billion in the final three months of the year. That's, that's almost a trillion dollars, right? Well, three quarters of a trillion dollars. A closely watched announcement Monday afternoon. The Treasury Department said it will be looking to borrow $776 billion. The Treasury said it expects to borrow another $816 billion the first quarter of next year. Oh, and by the way, they already borrowed $1 trillion last quarter. So over the course of three quarters, we're talking about $3 trillion. They're spending almost a $1 trillion a quarter that they don't have. They're borrowing it. And the interest rate is killing us. We cannot, look, we can't keep not another penny of our money to the Ukraine. Not one. In fact, I think all foreign aid, I'm going with Sean Farish on this, all foreign aid should be pulled, period, the plug, start over, get rid of all of it, every single penny all around the entire globe. And then people can apply from ground zero. If you want American support, you better prove that you need it. 
and reevaluate everybody from a zero baseline going forward because we got to get our own collective house in order. In just a couple of years, our, our interest on the debt alone is going to exceed. It's going to exceed our, our defense spending. Our national debt is half the world's money. <laughs> it's it's insane, and it's going up every single year exponentially. We can't afford this. The United States is bankrupt. The United States is in essence bankrupt. We can't continue to print money. We're going to end up like Venezuela. We need to cut off all this foreign spending and make deep cuts at home. And I tell you what, it's going to be painful. It's going to take someone with a lot of courage and a lot of fortitude to go in there, kick some ass and do what needs to be done. And that is cut and cut deep. And yes, that might require a cut in Social Security or an increase in age and Medicare. Same thing. It might require that. And that sucks. Trust me, I'd like to get my Social Security someday. I'm not planning on it, though. And it's not, oh, the Republicans want to take Social Security and Medicare. No, we fucking have to. We have to make cuts across the board everywhere if we want to survive as a nation. Look at what's going on. This is just the interest alone. And you see that, uh, you see where it starts to go almost straight up? Guess when that is? I'll give you one guess. You people watching the show are pretty smart. That would be when uh, Biden took office and started his Green New Deal, started all the insane spending that they're doing. That's not Nothing's paid for. Nothing's paid for. And they say, oh, we've saved $1.7 trillion based off of a 10-year projection of budgets and what they think their policies are going to accomplish. And we know that that's not going to happen. That $1.7 trillion is never, ever, ever going to be saved. It's a fucking pipe dream, and they don't want to save it. That's not the point, but they want to be able to tell you that they are. That's all it is. All it is. But man, people, we got to get our collective shit together. We cannot continue to just throw money around the way that we are. We can't. It needs to stop. And it needs to stop like yesterday. So what's nice about that is you do have somebody running the House now who is tying, and I love this, and it's driving Democrats crazy. Oh, they're holding us hostage. Blah, blah, fucking blah. Shut up. Shut up. U.S. House Republicans unveil a bill to fund Israel by cutting the IRS budget. You know that 83 grand, or excuse me, 83 million, 83,000, that wouldn't even go to, to next week. Or excuse me, maybe the next hour, <laughs> 83,000. That's nothing by their standards. Okay, that, 80, that 83 uh, billion that they are going to fund the IRS with to get all those new agents and everything. Okay, we want, you want funding for Israel? They introduced a plan to provide $14.3 billion in aid to Israel by cutting funding for the Internal Revenue Service. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Thank you, Speaker Johnson, for having some fiscal restrictions and, and ability to and, and, and hold them accountable. If you want the money, fine. It's going to be cut from these things are going to be paid for from now on. You're not going to just print money to pay for this. And we can start by defunding your bullshit Green New Deal that had nothing to do with the, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Had nothing to do with that. It's just backdoor, backdooring their Green New Deal, increasing enforcement for the IRS, funding the FBI to look at MAGA supporters and Trump supporters and J6 defendants, put them into the gulag. 
without due process. Also restricting our, our freedom of speech. Again, isn't that funny how once they start restricting free speech, it just kind of becomes habit. They got away with it during COVID. Why wouldn't they continue to do it? And they're still doing it. I've basically been deplatformed on Facebook for speaking truth. I've been completely demonetized, deplatformed to the point where, I mean, I, I still post there because I have some loyal followers, but it's not, I mean, I, I make, I have 33,000 followers now. I, I post something and an hour later, maybe 10 people have seen it. So that's what they do. Instead of just closing your account, they just, they just turn the knob down to the point where nobody sees your stuff. But that is a woe is me story and I'm not going to do that. So up on the hill, we have, uh, well, a couple of people grilling, <laughs> grilling a couple of people, including uh, my Orcus and including Christopher Ray. So let's start off with my Orcus because he's my favorite uh, border czar. Now he's supposed to be securing the border and watch him, watch him pass the blame on to a broken immigration system. That's their, they all say it. Give it to Democrats. They always get the talking memos and they're always on the same page. We inherited a broken immigration system. That's why things are so bad. That's why we have over 2 million illegals coming across the border every year. That's why we have terrorists coming into this country is because it's broken. I'm going to prove that they're full of shit. You already know they're full of shit. Like I said, I got a smart audience here. But for your friends who don't understand they're full of shit, I'm going to give you some ammunition to talk to them with. So here we go. Let's run through some clips here. And, and as I said, we're starting with uh, Mayorkas. Check it out. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. This is Nuja Ali, an employee of the Department of Homeland Security, who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. Now, this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that it, that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. No, I'm sorry. no it's not. You, this person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room 
when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives, you have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Has she been fired? Mr. Secretary, after um, the consumption of Senator Hawley's time, I'd like to speak. Destroyed him. Destroyed him. Because they don't have facts on their side. They don't have truth on their side. For him to sit there and say, I mean, he wouldn't even answer if he'd fired her or not. It's unbelievable. This is an employee that should be immediately fired. This is, if you had a MAGA supporter talking like that, they would be, they would be in the J6 gulag. Because we have two tiers of justice, you see. There he goes on. Check it out. Has she been fired? So uh, that individual has been placed on administrative leave. So she's not been fired. Number two. Why has she not been fired? Number two. The individual was hired in 2019. Why has she not been fired? Number three. I cannot speak to an ongoing personnel matter. Why, why has this person not been fired? Your answer is you can't speak to it? And what does it matter when she was hired? She was hired in 2019. So what? She should not be, she should be fired in 2023. This isn't sufficient to fire her? I am not in a position to speak to an ongoing personnel matter. This that, isn't sufficient to fire her? That's what you're telling me? That is not what I'm saying. But she's still on your payroll as that, we sit here today. That is not what I'm saying. She's still on your payroll as we sit here today. Senator? How many cases, she was an asylum and immigration officer, how many cases did she adjudicate? Senator, I'm not in a position to speak about an ongoing person. I'm not asking about that. I'm asking you how many cases she adjudicated. My uh, answer remains. Did she adjudicate any cases involving Israelis seeking asylum in this country? Same answer. Well, let me just point <laughs> you to what else she posted on social media, where she drew attention to the fact that she is an immigration and asylum officer Hashtag immigrants, hashtag asylum seekers, hashtag Palestine, hashtag refugees welcome. This is on her LinkedIn post where she has her professional affiliation posted. So I think the American people deserve to know, has, has she admitted, contrary to law, individuals who should not be in this country or denied Jewish refugees, whose genocide she's advocating, asylum that they deserve? Yeah. Same answer. Same answer. No answer. You're not going to. You're not going to tell us what this person's done. Are you conducting a review of her cases at least, Senator? As I have said, what a piece of shit. Over and over again, I cannot speak to an ongoing. You said that you will not. I can't believe that you would come to this committee knowing this. You know about this. I've written to you about it. You know all about it, and you come here unwilling to answer, and suggest that it is wrong of me to ask you the question. Quite frankly, Mr. Secretary, I think that your performance is despicable. It is despicable. This is a guy, yeah, he has people in his department, anti-Semites, who have expressed hatred for Jews, in fact, that they should be killed, celebrates Hamas coming in on paragliders and killing a bunch of innocent people at a festival, killing families, killing children indiscriminately, whatever, in front of each other, watching them, raping them, dragging them through the streets. They have an employee there that's celebrating them at Homeland Security that is reviewing people's cases for asylum. No bias there at all, right? It is despicable. And the fact that he would go up knowing 
that these questions were going to be asked and didn't prepare himself better for them other than to refuse to answer the questions is so typical. It's become, it's what they do when they go in front of Congress, be it the House or the Senate. They just go up there and refuse to answer, even though they're required to, but well, we all know that they don't follow rules anymore, do they? Rules don't matter. I feel like this is a show of whose line is it anyway, right? Yeah. We got a couple more uh, clips from this exchange, and then we'll move on to, to Christopher Ray. And I've got some things to say about immigration as well. Check it out. Mr. Secretary, I think that your performance is despicable. And I think the fact that you are not willing to provide answers to this committee is absolutely atrocious. Mr. Chairman, may I? Like, if you'd like to have a, a minute to respond, you would. Oh, I, I would. And I'm not sure I'll limit it to 60 seconds. That's fine. Number one, uh, what I found to say is the implication uh, that uh, this language, tremendously odious, um, odious. Uh, actually it could be emblematic. Odious? <laughs> odious? She's calling for the killing of Jews, dude. Your employee, who's still, by the way, on the payroll, on administrative leave, being paid still her full salary. <laughs> this is something I'm going to follow. See, she needs to lose her job. I'm going to follow up on this one. Of the sentiments of the 260,000 men and women of the Department of Homeland Security, number one. Number two, uh, Senator Hawley takes an adversarial approach to me because you're an adversary, because you're an enemy of this state, because you are an adversary, dude. Because you won't do your job, because you won't control the border, because you won't have fair and equal immigration, because you don't fire people who spew anti-Semite bullshit like that. So yeah, of course he's going to be, I'd be adversarial if I was talking to you. I would probably not be nearly as polite as Josh Howley was. Hey, yeah, yeah. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military. See, she wasn't the only one. Are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like, F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. <laughs> Check and fucking mate, dude. And uh, how do you get rid of it, man? They got to impeach him or do something, right? They can't just let him to continue there. We can't let him continue on, right? So my question to you is: Should students who are here on a visa, We're moving along here, who gather different topic, and chant that slogan and actively advocate for the elimination of Israel? and attacks on Jewish individuals, whether in the Middle East or here in the United States, as we're seeing on college campuses, should those students have their visas revoked? 
Senator, uh, I believe you are referencing a provision in the Immigration and Nationality Act uh, about which you have written uh, to me, and I am very familiar with uh, uh, your assertion that that statutory provision requires the revocation of their visa. But should they have their visas revoked? I'm asking you. Uh, uh, we are um, assessing um, your... We are, um, uh, 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 no, they're not going to revoke anybody's visa. They love these people. They love terrorists being in this country. They're hoping for an attack, preferably in the election year. So don't be surprised if one happens. Moving on now, Christopher Ray. Thank you so much. Um, Mr. Secretary, approximately how many illegal aliens excuse me. in this country? Or- this isn't, we're not, we're still with my Arcus. Sorry about that. Senator Marshall is questioning now. Check it out. Here on asylum have direct ties to Hamas, to Hezbollah, to the Islamic Jihad or the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps of Iran. Senator Marshall, let me assure you that individuals that pose a risk to our national security are our highest enforcement priority. The safety and security of the American public. Do you have any idea how many numbers, what those numbers are? Is it tens? Is it hundreds? Is it thousands? An individual who poses a risk to our national security is our highest enforcement priority. And if so you don't know the answer to the question? And if detention is indeed warranted by reason of the risk they present, then we indeed detain them. Do you have an answer for my question? I believe I have answered your question. No, sir, you didn't. I asked you how many have direct ties to Hamas, Hezbollah, Islam Jihad. Senator, if an individual is identified as having a nexus to one of And of course they're here. They're letting millions of people in a year. Of course those people are here. Okay, let's... let's <laughs> How many gotaways did CBP record in fiscal year 2023? I believe, um, Senator, that number is over 600,000. As I'm sure you are well aware, uh, the, the <clears throat> phenomenon of gotaways is something that uh, has been a challenge uh, for the Department of Homeland Security for decades. In okay. fact, it is a powerful example of uh, a broken immigration system. Thank, that thank, thank you. A broken immigration system. Of course, it's not your fault. Of course, 600,000 gotaways that they know of, that they were able to track via mostly electronic sensors, video cameras and such. They saw that, you know, they count the people that come in. Someone is there on a computer watching all the cameras and, and identifying people. And you know that there's a lot that didn't get on those cameras too. 600,000 that we know of. And he's really got, he's got really nothing to say about it. I mean, just other than, well, it's a broken immigration. No shit. So he's admitting that it's a broken immigration system. Do you think? Do you think it's broken? But then they go on to imply that it was broken. They inherited a broken immigration system because their answer to immigration is to let every single person come in unfettered. They just need more processing capability, more people to process more people faster and move them about the country. And they are going everywhere in the country. They're coming to your town. They're coming to your town. I don't care where you live. I don't care where you're from. These people coming across the southern border illegally to mooch off of our country and to possibly do you and yours harm are coming to your town. And they are very likely already there. How many gotaways did CBP record in fiscal year 2023? 
I believe, um, Senator, that number is over 600,000. We already, that's the one we just saw. You are well aware. Sorry about that. Scott, where are you at, buddy? Where are you at, brother? <laughs> Need numbers. I, again, don't filibuster me. How many people has this administration led into the country? Let, let me say at the outset that uh, our job would be a lot easier if the broken immigration system was fixed. No, Mr. Secretary, I want a, a number. How many people have you led into this country? I, I should also How, uh, Okay, let, I'll, I'll give you the number. It's about 6 million. About 1.7 million as known gotaways. Now, again, we don't know who these people are. We just know that they've come to this country and they're residing somewhere. 1.7 million that they know of since Biden took office. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they came from. They don't know where they're going, what their intent is. Sure, some of these people might be looking for a better life, but... Some of these people are looking for better victims. I've said that repeatedly. So is the immigration system, was it broken? Was it broken? Why don't we look at the numbers? Why don't we see what happened under the previous administration? And I'm, gonna, I'm showing the first three years here for a reason because they only, by the way, at the source, the source is the CBP website, Okay. This is government information. These are the Border Patrol's numbers. The reason this is different is because they only show so many on the first screen, and then you have to pull up archived PDFs. This comes from PDF because they only go back uh, five years, excuse me, four years on their, uh, on, their, on their live stat tracker on their website. You're welcome to go look at it. I can encourage you, in fact, to go look at it. So the numbers that we're looking at here are in yellow. Those are southwest border encounters, according to the key, which did not fit on here correctly with the, with the screen grab I did. So in 2017, 304,000, let's round up, make things easy, 304,000 encounters at the southwest border. In 2018, 397,000 at the southwest border. 2019 was a big year. No doubt. That's when the caravans started really kicking into gear. And it took it took the Trump administration a year to catch up with that because it, it kind of caught them off guard. And, they, and so this is 2019 is the year the caravan started. But even then, 851,000, still lower, still lower than any year under the Biden administration as far as encounters at the southwest border. Let's continue on, shall we? Okay, how about we look at uh, look at 2020. The over on the far right total, 400. So in 2019, it was up around 800,000. They realized what was going on with the caravans that were coming up. They shut it down. They tightened up border. They got Mexico to keep people in Mexico. And the number dropped in half to 458,000. That was Trump's last year. Now let's see what has happened since. Biden took office January of 2021. That year, 1.7 million encounters at the southwest border. You tracking? The next year, 2022, 2.3 million encounters at the southwest border. 2023, 2. almost 2.5 million 
encounters. So was the immigration system broken? Did they inherit a broken immigration system? Because to me, more people came across the Southwest border last year, fiscal year 2023, which ends at the end of September, kicks over in October. More people came across fiscal year 2023 than during the entire Trump administration. So take your broken border line of bullshit, stick it in the same place of your grace and forgiveness for COVID. Yeah. No, the the border system was not broken. Where are these people coming from? Well, here's one example of where a lot of these people are coming from. Check this out. How you doing? Where are you coming from? Where are you from? Where are you from? Africa? Where? From where? Haiti, uh, Morutwani, Senegal, where? Senegal. Senegal? Thank you. Where are you going? Where are you going? New York, California, where? Chicago? Colorado. Colorado, thank you. You, sir? Where are you from? Senegal. Where are you going, sir? New York, thank you. You, sir? Where are you going? Philadelphia, thank you. You? Where are you going? Thank you, sir. You? Where are you going? Where are you from? Where are you going? Where? Missouri, thank you. You, sir? I'm from Senegal. And where are you going, sir? Philadelphia. Thank you, sir. You, sir? Senegal. Where are you going? New York. Thank you. You? Senegal. Where are you going, sir? New York. Thank you, sir. Senegal. I am going to Colorado. You're young. You speak good English. How old are you? I am 13 años. 13 años. Hablas español también. ¿De dónde eres? Senegal. Senegal. Muy bien. Te cuidas. Te portas bien. Buenas tardes. ¿Dónde vienes? Ecuador. ¿A qué te diriges? So there you go. They're coming from Senegal, this particular group, and they're coming from all over the world. I'm telling you, they're coming from Iran, they're coming from Syria, they're coming from China, they're coming from over like 40, 50 countries throughout the world. And not South America, not Central America, not Mexico, Senegal. Senegal. And where are they going? They're coming to you. They're coming where you live. They're going to Colorado, New York, Philadelphia, Missouri, and that was just a sampling of like, what, a handful of people? Five, six, seven people? And that video goes on for much longer, but it's, he does it all in, in Spanish. So I, 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 didn't, you know, I didn't see the point in continuing to play it because I can't understand it, and probably most of you can't either. But my point is, these people are coming from halfway around the world to come here and do what? Why are they coming here? They have to cross a fucking ocean. Okay, Senegal is on the the west coast of of Africa. Yeah, Africa. Half a world away. Where is it? I mean, where the heck is this anyway? There it is. That That little green area right there. These people crossed an ocean into South America. I don't know how. They fly, they get on a boat. 
And then they walk or they get on buses provided by NGOs up to Central America through Mexico on trains, buses, whatever. They're not walking much anymore. They pretty much get rides everywhere they need to go as long as the place that they're going is the southwest border of the United States. This is an invasion, people. Now, this is concerning. And you can call me Islamophobic if you want. I really don't care. But what is the demographic of Senegal? 96.6% Islam. Hmm. The religion of Islam is a religion that demands the elimination of infidels. They, they hate the United States. They hate Western civilization in general. In fact, they hate anybody who's not a believer in Allah. 96.6% of the population of Senegal is Islamic. I'll let you draw your own conclusions. But they're coming here. They're coming here. They're diluting our population. They're diluting our culture. They're, they're not coming here looking for some sort of Jeffersonian constitutional existence, okay? They're not. They're coming here to change the demographic of this country to make it a shithole like the one they came from. And we better wake up to the fact that there is an invasion happening right now. It's quietly happening. The terrorists are already here. The dilution of our culture, our society, our population is already happening. And if you look at places like the UK, where 24% of the population is, is Muslim. Oh, by the way, Sunni, Sunni Islamics, Sunni Muslims, uh, by the way, is the majority of the people from, from Senegal, if that makes a difference to some of you. We need to wake up. We need to shut the border. And not just a little bit, but like completely shut the border. We have 45,000 troops in the Middle East right now. 45,000. And they're all over the place down there. They're in Turkey. They're in Iraq. They're in Syria. Why the hell are we even in Syria? Jesus. You can see the, you can see the graphic. Unless you're watching on a phone, then maybe it's a little small. But... Anyway, 45, why, why are those 45,000 troops not on our southern border uh, defending us against the invasion that's happening by the tunes of two, 300,000 people a month? A month. We need to complete moratorium on immigration, period. Not from the north, not from the south, not through any immigration office, not any asylum seekers, no, nada, zero, nothing. Defend the border with troops. Stop the flow. Stop the flow. Maybe we should have a policy like, uh, like their policy toward Iran. Don't. <laughs> Just don't. Anyway, uh, hey, I'm going to end it right there. I've got, I mean, Christopher Ray said some interesting things too. It's, it's, um, it, but it's, it's, it's not really worth getting into that topic right now, but it's along the same lines. I mean, these people, they're, they're tracking down, and they're not tracking terrorists. They admit there's a terrorist problem. 
Absolutely. They say, yeah, there's probably terrorists already here right now. And yeah, there probably are coming across the southern border. But then they do nothing about it. They'd rather track down Trump supporters. They got to, you know, <laughs> probably tracking me. Who, can, who knows? So they just allow, they know that terrorists are coming across the southern border. They know that they're already here. They know that Iran has been targeting government officials, not just abroad, but in the United States. Christopher Ray testified to this today. And they, they just do nothing. They don't even know where they are, who they are. Anyway, hey, um, you know, thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on one of the podcast channels, you know, Spotify or, or, or Apple or whatever, um, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. That's where you can catch all my shows on video and see a lot of the clips I put up. And sometimes there's captions and stuff because it's in a foreign language. So you're not going to catch that. Uh, so, so make sure to subscribe, follow. It's free and I can get spammed. I promise you. Okay, rumble.com slash the nun report. I'm on all the socials at the nun report except TikTok because I don't do that commie BS and Twitter because I lost the because I nuked my old account and the account right now is at nun report. So you can catch me there on Twitter or just go to my website, the nun Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers. <laughs>